Hi guys, this is Carrie with Fullerton Professional Organizing. And today I want to talk to you about Ruth Sukup. Uh, Ruth is from Living Well, Spending Less, who's going to, that she talks here in this article about effectively forming good habits. Okay, now Ruth is founder of the popular blog, Living Well and Spending Less, and I'll put her information in the description so you can look for her and uh, get more information from her. But um, she is also the creator of Living Well Planner, the host of the Do It Scared podcast, and the New York Times best-selling author of seven books. And um, what she says is, first, we're going to talk about why establishing good habits is so important and how those habits can impact your lives in powerful ways. We'll also look at why many people fail when it comes to creating new and better habits in our lives and how to avoid those pitfalls. Next, we're going to talk about strategies to use when it comes to creating new and better habits in your life. And I think you'll really enjoy this because I did and it really does help. And uh, I don't remember the name of the book because I have not read it yet. But there is a book that talks about some of the things that she is talking about in this article. And um, I think I'll read it next and then I can talk to you more about it. But finally, we're going over the five simple steps you'll need to take to create a new habit in your life and actually making it stick. Why are habits so important? The biggest reason that habits matter is because each of us only has a certain amount of discipline and energy to get us through each day. And once we have developed habits, it they become autopilot. And she says that you use a different part of your brain for habits than you do other things. And we'll, we'll get more into it. And so by the end of the day, it says it helps to think about your discipline and energy like a big tank that slowly gets drained over the course of the day. And so by the end of the day, your discipline tank is completely empty. And she says, habits, once they've been formed in your life, once an actual habit has been established in your life, it uses a different part of your brain than discipline requires. Once you have truly mastered a habit, and that's the, the deal, it's mastered it. It's a habit. It becomes done automatically. Um. But once it is, you can just do it automatically and you can save all your energy for all the other stuff. Thus, it goes to figure that the more good habits you can start to form in your life, the more you can put things in autopilot in your brain and more you'll be able to save your discipline and energy 
for other things that is needed. Now, habits can change your life because they allow you to become more productive and more efficient without even realizing it. When you're putting that stuff on autopilot, you're not having to think about it. It's just getting done and you're able to do it so much faster and easier than when it does feel like work and it feels like effort. Second, good habits make doing those hard things that need to be done so much easier. In fact, after they become a habit, they're practically effortless so that you can then focus your time and energy and the discipline reserve that you have on bigger and better things like accomplishing goals. Now, finally, over time, just a tiny improvement in your habits, even the tiniest little improvements can add up to a huge change, sometimes even without even realizing it. This is so important to remember. Um, and for example, for me, um, I had the habit of getting in bed and my shoes came off of my feet right there before I got into bed. And then I had shoes all over my floor. You know, if you change shoes every day or for work, you would have several pairs of shoes, even if it's one pair of shoes. So what I did, I had, a, I put a container under my bed so that when I took my shoes off, I just dumped them into the container and slid the container under my bed. And that way my floor was neater. And the same thing I did for any books or reading material, I made space in my um, nightstand for reading material so that my side of the bedroom stayed neater. Okay, those are just, I'm just talking about how you can, tiny habits can really change things. But we're going to get into uh, more of what she's wanting to us to implement uh, as we go. So, um, she said, the biggest changes in your life never happen all at once. They only ever happen as a result of small steps taken consistently over time. So why do so many people fail when it comes to creating habits? The first reason that habits tend to fail is that we make them too big. And a good example for all of us is that uh, goal of being healthier, that healthy goal. Well, that is usually one of those goals where you make all of these plans to get healthier and um, we've made it uh, so huge, okay? Trying to institute some big, massive change into your life all at once is basically setting yourself up for failure. It takes so much effort and energy and discipline to make the change that you don't have anything left for the other stuff in your life, which is ultimately not sustainable. The second reason that we tend to fail in creating our new habits is that we 
make them way too difficult to actually do or to stick to. If we're confused about what needs to be done, we won't do it. If we don't really understand exactly what we're supposed to do and it feels tedious or confusing every time, it's hard to do it. You don't stick with it. It has to be easy. They have to feel easy, almost effortless. And that's another reason why you have to start small. Small bite-sized pieces. When the third way that we get it wrong is that we try to change too many things at once. Um, so I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start eating healthier. I'm going to keep my house clean. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to start journaling, journaling every day. I'm going to have a better morning routine. And you try to do all these things all at the same time, like January 1st. Your New Year's resolution is to change everything that's wrong in your life, right? So this is the third change. You're trying to change too much all at once. And the final reason for failure is this is one that we don't always think about. But it's so important. The final reason for failure is that we're trying to establish a new habit without giving ourselves any sort of instant reward for getting it done. And then without the reward, the habit doesn't stick. There's no instant gratification. And that instant gratification is key. You know, sometimes you start a diet and you say once a month or once a week, you're going to have a cheat day. Well, that is not instant. That is later. So those are still good. Don't, don't get me wrong. Having those cheat days may work. But it's not an instant gratification that is going to be a small um, reward that will keep you going until you get to that cheat day, right? So she said the cue is the is prompt is the prompt. That's the thing that reminds you to do the habit. And then you have the craving. The craving is the desire to do that behavior because you desire the reward. So the craving is a direct result of the reward. Um now, once you have that craving, the response is the actual action you take. The reward is the positive benefit you receive after taking action. But without the reward, there's no craving. So those who are super, those are super, super key. And that is what causes you to do the response. You pick, we're going to use this example, you know, a toothbrush. That's your cue. When you see the toothbrush, or um, since we already have those habits, of course, we don't need the cue to brush our teeth because we've pretty much already established that habit uh, over years. But um, we're going to use this as an example. You see the toothbrush, it reminds you to brush your teeth, okay? And that is what causes you to do the response. You pick up the toothbrush, you brush your teeth, 
And what is the reward? The reward is that your mouth feels minty fresh and it makes you want to do that again. I don't know if it, if you're like me, but I know my teeth are clean when I can run my tongue across my teeth and it feels nice and smooth. Or I don't drink, uh, I drink uh, drinks with Truvia or, um, you know, Splenda. Uh, I don't actually drink sugared drinks. But when I'm stuck, and I'm rarely stuck, but when I decide I need a Dr. Pepper, for example, and I don't want to drink a diet Dr. Pepper, I, that is a something that I, I only allow myself to do every, maybe once a year, I'll drink a real Dr. Pepper, okay? And usually it's when I'm stressed out. You know, some people drink wine, some people drink whatever liquor when they're stressed out. Mine is Dr. Pepper. I crave Dr. Pepper when I'm stressed out. That's just the life I live, okay? I'm not going to go to alcohol for stress. Um, so, once in a year, I might have that sugary Dr. Pepper. But anyway, I came, I said all of that to say, I can literally feel that on my teeth afterwards. It feels totally different than a fresh mouth that has been brushed, okay? So, that is my reward for drinking uh things without sugar and for brushing my teeth is to not feel that in on my teeth. Um, all right. Now we're going to the real, um, the real part of what she has to say and what causes a success. Okay. Is habit stacking. The first secret to creating habits that actually stick is to start employing a strategy that is known as habit stacking. <clears throat> and like she says, she didn't invent this. I believe it, it's uh, that book I mentioned, and I'll probably try to leave that link in the description. Uh, I'll have to look it up because I can't remember the, the book. I think it's Atomic Habits. That's it. Atomic Habits. I still need to read that book, but I believe it talks about habit stacking. And lots of people have talked about habit stacking, but basically the idea of habit stacking is that you're basically finding a way to connect a new habit to an existing habit that you already have. Something you already have established in your life. So the existing habit becomes your cue reminds you that you need to do this thing and if your existing habit is something that you like to do and this is really important it can also serve as your instant reward so it's not only prompting you to remember to create this new habit but it's also rewarding you because it's something that you like or something that you enjoy now i talked about this last night with lori flores on leading ladies um, we did a, uh, a Zoom uh, organizing our faith, organizing our home, and organizing our business. I talked to them about that. But we also talked about how uh, 
Sometimes the first thing we do when we get out of bed is grab our phone and start reading social media. We try to, we, our excuse is, oh, did someone email me? Did someone text me? Did someone send me a message? You know, our work is so important, you know, and then we get sidetracked by all of the social media and then we can wind up wasting an hour or two just scrolling on our phones before we even get up, get dressed, and start thinking about the work that we need to do for the day. So I decided last night after talking to her that, um, you know, I don't have a good habit of getting up first thing in the morning and doing Bible devotions. Uh, Not that I don't do them, but I don't do it first thing in the morning. And I spend all this time wasted on my social media, and that really has to stop. But I already have the habit of grabbing my phone first thing in the morning, which that's a simple thing I could stop doing, right? But I decided to use that. So now what I did this morning, and it really worked, I grabbed my phone and I put it on a Bible teaching uh, I, I put it on Encounter TV and I listened to that speaker. I don't, I'm not good at remembering his name. I know his last name is Hernandez, but I don't remember his first name. But anyway, Encounter TV and I put it on a teaching on faith. And I listened to that while I got up, got dressed, washed my face, brushed my hair, uh, put on a little bit of <laughs> lipstick and eyeliner so that I would look presentable when I did my podcasting today. And it actually worked. I didn't get sidetracked on all the social media. Not that I didn't actually check my emails and all of my messages, I did. But because I woke up and listening to my Bible teaching, I did get that done and I didn't, spend two hours on my social media before I decided to get to work. I actually came in here and studied what I'm talking to you about right now with Ruth. I mean, I literally read this this morning. Ruth uh, Sukup. S-O-U-K-U-P. And then I did this I'm now doing this podcast. Now, I did have a podcast that I did yesterday that I posted today. So this one will be posted uh, the next day. Um, But it worked. It got me out and ready to do what needed to be done for the day instead of spending hours scrolling on my phone. Now, so the existing habit becomes your cue. Now, for instance, one way that Ruth has implemented this in her life is she wanted to, uh, oh, is she started tidying some area of her house for five minutes after she's done with work. So either to do her closet, her bathroom, or living room, it doesn't matter, just some area of her house She wanted to tidy for five minutes because, and this might surprise some people, but she says she's not a naturally tidy 
person. But then what happens usually at 5 p.m. when I'm done working, she says, I'm in my home office and I'm ready to be done. All I want to do is go into the kitchen. Now this is her, this isn't how I do things. This is just telling you how she does it. She pours herself a glass of wine and sits to relax and watch Netflix. She says, I'm done for the day. Like my brain is tired. My tank is empty. I do not want to have to do one single thing. Uh, the only problem is that I've left all these messes everywhere that I haven't cleaned up. So before I can have my first sip now, I have to spend five minutes tidying my messes. So I pour the glass of wine and then I'm not allowed to have my first sip until I take five minutes to tidy up. Any of the little messes around the house, wherever they are, in the closet, kitchen, living room, wherever they are. So my house seems neater and I get to relax. Hold on, let me make sure I'm... And she gets to relax. And her husband's happier because she doesn't have all those little messes still left all over the house. So definitely that is the first secret habit stacking for creating better habits in your life. Now, for me, it would be um, listening to a podcast that I didn't have time to listen to, reading a book on audiobooks, um, or something like that. You know, some kind of small reward that I can't do until I tidy up or, or whatever. Um, you know, your reward does not have to be the same as her reward. Um, now, to make your new habit as easy as possible to uh, actually follow through on, just clear the path and remove any obstacles that make it feel hard or that make it less likely for you to follow through on. So sometimes that might mean starting small and building up your skill level or your ability to, it does feel easy. I mean, it's kind of like saying, I'm going to start being a runner and then just, you know, you can't just go out there and start running. You have to run, maybe walk and stretch and maybe run five minutes. I don't even know if I could run five minutes. I don't know. But there is a program, there is a, an app out there called Couch to 5K. And that's what pops into my mind. Uh, if you want to become a runner, it takes you through a walk for five minutes, a one minute run, a walk for five minutes, a one minute run. Uh, I don't remember the actual increments, but it takes you very, 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 very slow. Now, of course, after a few weeks, it does start to get very challenging and you have, you do have to push yourself a little more, but you're not having to push yourself into running three miles right off the bat. They start minute by minute, just adding a few minutes at a time. And in her case, she talks about push-ups. Um, but, um, let's see. One way that she did this in her own life was something that, 
I noticed was kind of hang up or something that was preventing me from working out from exercising in the morning was the fact that my workout clothes were in the dresser drawer. She talks about how her, her workout clothes were in the dresser drawer and she was afraid of opening those drawers and waking up her husband because she wakes up super, super early and she didn't want to wake him up. So that was her excuse for not working out. When she moved them to the bathroom or a drawer in the bathroom, I'm not sure. I don't remember where she moved them, but she moved them in a place where she wouldn't worry about waking up her husband and uh, connected it to her getting ready in the morning routine in the bathroom, I believe. Um, and it made it easier for her to go and do her workout without worrying about waking up her husband. So... Sometimes it's just a matter of thinking what actually is the thing preventing me from being able to do this habit or to make this a consistent habit. And it also works for bad habits too. Instead of making things easier, make those bad habits harder. And in my instance, I'm going to tell you about a time when I was tempted at Sam's Club to buy the big old jar of uh, chocolate-covered almonds. So when I got home, I felt bad. I was like, I can't eat this whole jar by myself. And my husband's diabetic, and he really uh, doesn't eat a lot of almonds. So um, I had to really put these up in a high, high shelf in a cabinet that I don't open every day so that I only ate those chocolate-covered almonds when I actually felt like going in there, getting a step stool, getting the almonds down, and I really remembered that they were there because I really needed, just felt like I needed, you know, we don't need it. I felt like I needed a little bit of chocolate that day. So one, I only ate them when I remembered that they existed, because I didn't see them every day. Uh, they were out of sight, out of mind. And then when I did, I had to decide whether or not I want to go find the step stool and make the effort to go get them down and eat them. So it did slow down the process. I did manage to eat the whole jar, but um, I didn't do it all at once. And it did slow it down quite considerably. Um, so... Sometimes it's just a matter of thinking. So it's important to know that the reverse side of this, when it comes to bad habits you're trying to break, is that you have to make the bad stuff harder to do. All right, so third secret is to make sure that there is some instant gratification. Again, if you want your habits to stick, there has to be immediate reward. Something that makes you happy and something that will make you start to crave doing that behavior. And for me, some of the things that I have to do around the house that I don't like, uh, I get to listen to a podcast or a book on tape that I don't actually have all that much time to, to, to do. Um, so you have to have that craving and in order to have the craving, you've got to have the immediate award. So the same way it works in reverse. If you're trying to create a good habit, you need to have an immediate award. 
Um, if you're trying to break a bad habit, you need to have immediate punishment. All right, now start. Fourth thing is to start tracking. It's very hard to improve what we don't measure, which is why habit tracking can be a very effective way to maintain your motivation when it comes to building new habits. Habit tracking does not have to be super complicated. It definitely should not be. Remember, it's if it's hard, you won't do it. You won't stick with it. So you got to make it as easy as possible. And then along those lines, make sure you're not having to track too much or it will become too much of a burden. Uh, of course, the fifth secret, which is start slow and build. So we willing to start slow and build. It's the most important thing that you can do. What are the steps that you'll need to take to create a real lasting change in one of your habits? Step one is to create a target. Choose one habit that you would like to create in your life or alternatively, the one habit that you would like to break in your life. Okay. And... It, it could be exercising in the morning, making the bed, drinking more water, really anything that you want to change or improve in your life. And remember, when you're choosing your new habit, that you have to be choosing an actual behavior, not an aspiration. Aspiration would be the big picture, like how to get healthy. That is a broad subject. Okay, so what's the difference? An aspiration is usually a bigger goal. So for instance, I want to be healthier or I want to be more organized might be some aspirations. But a behavior is something that you actually do. It's a small action that you can take, something that you can do. For instance, if you want to be healthier, maybe the action that you take is just to drink more water. Let's start there. Or drink a green smoothie and we'll get to the glass of water in just a little bit because this is what I'm trying to do but it could be just starting to uh, drink a green smoothie every morning or if you want to be more organized maybe the action related to that is tidying your desk at the end of the work day um, step Number two, then, is to make sure it matters. So when it comes to any change in your life, big or small, and I've talked about this before in some of my other podcasts, why does this goal or why does this habit matter to you? Find your why. Just like in business, you have to find your why. Why did you become a professional organizer? Why did you be uh, why do you want a better organized home? Why do you want to um, do a certain thing? Why this particular thing that you want to make an impact on or that you want to start changing in your life? Create your prompt. That's your step three. <coughs> Now, this is really, really important. You need to have some sort of trigger, some sort of cue that is going to remind you to uh, your act on that habit or to perform the new behavior. And um, she did the same thing that I have been 
trying to do. I make coffee every morning. She loves coffee. She makes coffee every morning. So she decided she wanted to drink more water. And same with me. I have to drink more water because um, I just don't drink water at all. If And so I have to force myself to drink water. And it's not that I don't like water. It's just that I already have the habit of making coffee. And I just drink it all day long. And that habit is already established. So she says... And me, I was trying to drink 16 ounces of water before I had my coffee. Maybe that's where I failed. And this is what she says to do. she did. Before she could take a sip of her coffee, she had to drink water. And that's how she built that habit in. So maybe all I have to do is decide to drink 8 ounces of water. I can drink 8 ounces of water before I drink my coffee. And every time I make a pot of coffee, I drink eight ounces of water before I drink my coffee. I am going to start trying that. Now, step four, of course, is to make it easy. Now, this is really, really important. What can you do to remove all those obstacles? What are those obstacles that need to be taken away? Cleared from the path. What can you do to make it as easy as possible? Think small steps taken. Uh, think small steps taken consistently over time, and then finally, step five is to establish an immediate award for your habit to stick. There has to be the instant gratification or instant punishment for bad behaviors. I love my coffee, so. I cannot take a sip of my coffee until I have drank that eight ounces of water. I can't get on social media in the morning until I have had my Bible, listened to my Bible study uh, this morning. Um, these are small things. So what is that going to be? What is your reward going to be? What is the good thing that you get to have or do or feel when you have completed your habit? What is going to happen right away? Think about that because it's really important. Without the reward, there's no craving and it won't make your habits automatic. Remember, small changes only happen as a result or big changes only happen as a result of small steps taken consistently over time. But you are the one who has to actually make it happen. All right, so she challenges you to create one new habit in your life. Make it something small and easy and something that actually matters to you. It could be some habits that I have given my, uh, that I have in my life. If you need some examples, she said she gave you the water example, uh, the five minute tidying example. Those are great ones to start with. Really, really easy. And then she mentions a habit tracker, but she says if having a habit tracker is too overwhelming, then um, just start tracking it in your mind. So don't try to do too much. If a habit tracker feels like too much, then it's too much. Just do one new habit and let that be your challenge. And uh, so I'm going to leave information about her in the description. 
And right now, what I'm just going to do right now is just doing a little overview. This uh, podcast was a little bit longer than usual, but I think it was really, really interesting. So I don't think you're going to mind going a little bit over on your time. Uh, She says, and this is just an overview to recap what we've talked about. She says, learn why establishing good habits is so important and how these habits can impact your lives in powerful ways without even realizing it. You will also learn why many people fail when it comes to creating new and better habits and how to avoid these pitfalls. Finally, you will learn five simple steps you need to take to create new habits in your life and actually make it stick. The more good habits you can start to form in your life, the more you can put things on autopilot in your brain and the more you'll be able to save your discipline and energy for other things. Habits are the biggest time saver you could ever come up with. The biggest changes in your life never happen all at once. They only ever happen as a result of small steps taken consistently over time. Once they've been formed in your life, habits use a different part of your brain than discipline requires. So your habits don't tap into that discipline tank and drain your limited amount of energy. Habits can change your life because they all uh, they allow you to become more productive and more efficient without even realizing it. Like brushing your teeth. That takes no effort. You go in, you brush your teeth, it's done. Good habits make doing those hard things that need to be done so much easier. Just a tiny improvement in your habits, even the tiniest little improvement, can add up to the huge change sometimes without even realizing it. Kind of like taking a basket and throwing everything that's out of place in the living room into a basket. You're now, your living room is instantly clean and now you can use your time to just gradually take a few items at a time and put them away and maybe even carry in that basket around with you and putting things away. It makes it so much easier and quicker and you have an immediate award. The immediate reward is your living room's instantly clean, even though everything's in a basket for you to put back. It's a tiny thing. Uh, Don't make habits that are way too big to achieve or too difficult to actually stick to. Don't try to change too many things all at once because you will run out of gas before you even know what this has happened. All right, now create one new habit in your life this week. This week, do it. Take action right away. The best way to make something stick is to take action right away. Create some sort of cue or trigger that is going to remind you to act on your new habit and remove all the obstacles that will make that habit more difficult to achieve. And last, establish an immediate reward for achieving your habits. All right, guys, that is it for this podcast. And I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And I will see you on the next podcast.